0: no sons and unfortunately he passed away Uh, and uh, culture said in Israel's day the reality well you didn't get a chance to earlier and take your seats this morning. We want to just uh, welcome Pastor Steve Kennedy this morning. Pastor Steve has been, um, uh, we've kind of known each other a while, it's probably closer to 30 years and uh, he's just a great guy. He's our Vice President of the Australian Christian Churches in Queensland, how's that? Uh, not that he actually probably upholds that too much, but he i am just glad he's there. He's a good man in a good place, and we appreciate uh, pastors. A great church, Champions Church at Redlands, Champions Church at Redlands Bay in Brisbane. So let's give him a welcome and a hand this morning. Good to have you, Pastor Steve.
1: Thank you, thank you. Wow, the vice president—whatever that means. Uh, just for those who aren't sure, what there's no money in it. <laughs> but I've been campaigning for that to change. That's for sure. What's with the offering? You do the offering over here. I love that. So you actually got to walk out and show off and tell everyone you're giving money. I love that. I got to get me one of them at my church. I'm going to put mine right here though. And I'm going to put whatever you put here is going to go on the screen. That'll, that'll, That'll change things. All right, now where's, um, is it Scott? Who's the, the, the happy mum and dad? Scott, is it Scott and? And? Okay, yeah, Liz. Where's Noah? Oh, she out. Oh, here's Noah, hello. Hello, gorgeous. Now, am I right? Noah, does that mean rest or? Yeah, yeah. Hello, gorgeous. <laughs> I love it. I saw you holding the microphone and just felt to tell you you'll be doing that a lot more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I was the pastor, I'd let you preach more often, you know, if I was the pastor. Yeah. <laughs> Where's your family? You've got family here. Um, okay, cool. And um, do these people normally go to church? Are they like heathens or just good people but don't go to church? <laughs> I don't like going to church either, mate. Um, do, do you normally go to church? You do? A better one than this? Different one. What's the name of it? Yamba, like New South Wales. That's got to be better than this one then. <laughs> Yamba, that's like a surfing spot. I love that. That's cool. Good to see you. And you got other f- people here, Scott? Okay, anyone who doesn't go to church? You're allowed to admit it. I don't care. I just, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. There are some Sundays I don't want to go, but I get paid to go, so I have to. So All right. Put your hand up if you love going to work every day of your life. Every day you just love it. Well, see, you can, if you believe it, you can be a preacher and not want to go sometimes. I mean, sometimes the sun's out and you want to ride your motorbike and, you know, work gets in the way. That's when I put the assistant pastor on to preach. <laughs> Tell him I'm away itinerating. <laughs> well, we better get on with it because apparently we're supposed to finish at 2 p.m. And... Um, that laugh would tell me that's probably earlier than normal. (laughs) All right, Nick, come up here, Nick. Come up here, Nick. I just wanna stand up here. Stand up here. Who could believe that one time I used to be that skinny? (laughs) And used to wear really tight trousers just like that. (laughs) Get out of here. Never have a better looking person on the stage than yourself, I say. (laughs) Man, they are serious jeans. (laughs) I don't have to buy skinny jeans. The way I eat, I just buy flares one year and they're skinny next. (laughs) That's brilliant. I love it. I love it. All righty, well, you say, when's this guy going to preach? He is. I'm doing it. (laughs) Well, Yamba. Oh, I tell you, I love Yamba. That's a great place. I like it. Listen, if you're not normally in church, let me just talk to you for a moment, because we do we do weird stuff in church. Now you got to you got to admit we do some weird stuff. I mean, at church when we do communion, we partake. I guarantee you've never ever handed out an ice vovo and said, "Would you like to partake?" <laughs> but at church we have special language, and uh, it's silly, really. We should stop it. And um, there are other things, but I could offend you if I <laughs> keep going. But I'll tell you one thing that happened. I did this. I did this. Now, I did it this morning. That's, and, um, that's um, Scott. This is why I thought of it. This is why I came over there to start with and then digressed um, to Yamba and other and skinny jeans. But Because when we started to pray for you, I noticed I did something that I asked my church one time to do, but then a visitor came up later and said, Freak. Um, when, because I don't know if you've ever noticed it, but sometimes when we pray for people at church, the rest of us go, That's very weird to a visitor, when we all go. (laughs) And I did that this morning. I went like that and I went, ooh. (laughs) So, I just want you to think about what you do. You're weird sometimes. Now, on the other side, if you're not normally in church, but if you're a computer geek and we come to a conference, you do, we think you're weird, so cut us some slack. Everyone's weird in their own circle. I'm a boilermaker by trade. Notice how refined I'm speaking this morning. It's wonderful to be here. But I was, uh, my son was with me. He's never known me as a boilermaker because I haven't been a boilermaker for 35 years. But I used to work for a company called Evans Deacon, um, doing ship repair and drag lines. But I went down to my local steel shop to buy a bit of RHS, which is box section. <laughs> and my son, when we got out to the car, said, who was that? I said, who was what? He said, who was the bloke who just bought the steel? I said, what are you talking about? He said, you changed. I didn't even know I changed. I just walked in and said, yeah, mate, you're yeah, looking for a bit of 25 25 RHS, uh, R4 milk. <laughs> and I just, I just morphed straight back to being a Boilermaker. And uh, you know I'm a Boilermaker because I carried it home on my ute and it was nine metres long. That's a boilermaker right there for you. The guy said, Do you want me to cut it in half? I said, no, mate, got the ute. He said, uh, it's nine metres long. I said, yeah, I said i got the ute. I said, wow. I killed five bush... Good job the tour, whatever it is, the tour de la chapelleurne. Wasn't on that day, mate. I'd have taken them all out. I'd get into the bike riding, but you've got to wear the honesty suit. There is no hiding in the honesty suit can't hide your religion, can't hide what you ate for Christmas. There's no hiding in the honesty suit. So I've just decided to stay riding a Harley. That's right, see this long T-shirt? It's not fashion, it's hiding fat. That's it. I asked my wife, I said, do I look fat in this? She said, it's not the shirt that makes you look fat, it's the fat that makes you look fat. So I thought, all right, good point, point taken. If you're not, not normally in church, I want you to know that we're going to be finished at 11. Okay, so maybe before, but definitely by. Is that okay? So now you know, um, I mean, seriously, we, we had the worship and that was good. We were all standing up. No one told us to, but we just stood. And then someone came up after that. And I don't know if you were thinking, do we get to sit down there? But no one said we could. So I didn't, but uh, so just in case you're wondering, and what about when does it end? Well, it ends at 11. I went to watch a chick flick with my wife recently, and if you've ever been to watch a chick flick with your wife, you only want to know one thing, when does it end? (laughs) And uh, like, when do I got to wake up? And so uh, 11, and tonight, uh, I really want to put a a plug in for tonight, I want to believe for miracles tonight and um, now i will be straight out honest with you i'm not saying i'm not saying this won't happen but i'm also not saying that you know that's going to have miracles in the service tonight i'm talking more, i want to i want to plant a miracle culture in our in our in our life and meeting i want to give you some very clear understanding to how to see miracles not tonight but as a psych, as a, a culture of your life and it um, won't be weird Uh, and I really think it can help. If you don't normally go to church at night, then um, I think it'd be good if you did, and it'd also be great if you bring your friends and uh, tell them it's a party. Uh, Just tell them whatever you've got to tell them and get them here, and let's do that together. All right, this morning, what I want to share with you, if we could, the subject of what I want to share is called The Jesus I Hope You've Met. And already, no doubt, you're thinking, well, there's only one. Well, apparently, according to the Bible, there is more than one. I noticed uh, this week I was on the internet, and there are names of, um, that you can't call your kid. And in Australia, if you have a child and we call the child Noah, it will go to the birth, deaths, and marriages, you know, for the, and they will go, good name. Apparently, if you call your child Satan... They will say, and many parents have, as an alias. uh, No, they won't register that, and they also won't notice. uh, They won't register the name Jesus in this country, at least. And um, so, in this country, there's no two, but not in all countries. And according to the Word of God, um, we see that Paul the Apostle. Well, let let, let me come at from a different um, angle. Has anyone here, if you're old enough, to remember this saying? uh, The real McCoy. All right, I don't know if that's still current. Um, Sayings come, sayings Like, here's one from, like, the 90s. Not happy, Jan. That'll end up in Google, all right? And um, there'll be about a 100 sort of origins for it. But if you're as old as I am, that was a Telstra ad, wasn't it? Um, Or, you know, yeah, that's it. Uh, Not happy, Jan. And we said it all the time. Every time we weren't happy, it was a really, really cool saying. Well, the real McCoy... Um, is a saying we used to have, like if you turn up, if you come back from Pataling Street in Kuala Lumpur, you're normally wearing a Breitling or a Rolex watch. Well, if you're as old as me and you show it to me, I will say, is that the real McCoy? Uh, And you know, I'm asking you, did you pay $20 for that or $20,000? And so the origin of that is very varied if you have a look on the internet, but apparently the saying comes because there was more than one McCoy. One of the origins or one of the legends for where this saying came from was that there was a boxer in the turn of the 20th century, around, born 1800s late, um, died around 1940, and he was a, a welterweight world champion. Now, of course, uh, some of the younger ones can't imagine a life without the internet, but there used to be one. Ask your parents. Um, they used to light candles and all sorts of stuff. But, uh, so there was no internet And so it was easy to masquerade. Um, Pastor James, remember when we as preachers used to always tell people what things meant in the Hebrew, and um, we had the wool over everyone because we knew they didn't know. Well, now you say it, they're on Google before you know it. In fact, I don't even say in the Hebrew anymore, I just say in the Google, and uh, everyone's onto it. But um, back in this day, there was this um, world champion, welterweight boxer, and his name was Kid McCoy. And so a lot of people were cashing in on this, and so they were parading their inferior boxes around and saying, McCoy is fighting tonight. Apparently, Kid McCoy, um, the real Kid McCoy, was in a town one night and a drunk walked up to him. And um, you know, like, who are you? And he said, I'm Kid McCoy. He said, oh, you don't look like Kid McCoy. So Kid McCoy punched him. And (laughs) apparently the drunk got up and said, that's the real McCoy. Boom, the saying was born. And uh, that look what Paul says in um, 2 Corinthians. I, I think we'll, we'll get this on the screen for you. It says here, you happily put up with whatever anyone tells you, even if they preach a different Jesus. Because So Paul's saying that there are people coming to town, no internet, um, no um You know, value for checking it out. And so they were saying, Well, Jesus says you can. And apparently, the Corinthian church, which was a young church, very vibrant, very, very passionate. But Paul was trying to anchor them a little and say, listen, we've got to get our, um, it's a big word, but it's a simple word. We've got to get our theology straight. Theo is a Hebrew Greek word for God. Ology is sort of means study, your study of God. So Paulson, said, you've got to get a good theology of who Jesus is and stop, you know, sort of being a sucker for what everyone says. Uh, Jesus says you can't chew gum. <laughs> Did he? you know. Um, Jesus says you can't have communion until you're 15. That's what I got told growing up. And I said, flip, who'd want to follow? Uh, they used to call me the Church of Tomorrow. Now, I was the lucky one. I stayed. Most of my friends said, well, I'll come back tomorrow. <laughs> and they're still not back. So I want to have a look this morning, if we could, at the Jesus I hope you've met. Well, I don't know if you've ever heard of some of the... Look what... Um, Jesus speaking in Matthew 7 says this, many will say to me in that day, Jesus speaking, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? We have cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name. And then I will declare to them, I haven't got the hell who you are, mate. I don't even know you. In other words, saying, you didn't do it in my, or you might've done it in my name, but you definitely did not do it in my person. You did not do it according to my nature, my character, my power, my compassion, my love. You didn't do it as, as according to me. You just used a name. And if he was in our say, and it wasn't the real McCoy. So I just want to have a lend of, of your ear for a moment, if I can hold your attention for about 20, 25 minutes, and... Uh, Help you sit and then, Pastor James, is it okay at the end if I ask people if they'd like to be connected to, to, to Jesus or to God? Um, I don't know where you're at, and I don't want to take you where you don't want to go, of course, but um, I just sort of feel maybe you're here this morning and, and you've been, you're just ready to connect to God. Maybe you used to be connected to God and you're not now, but you used to be. And you, maybe you're wondering, would God have me back? Maybe you've got things in your head um, deciding what God would think about that. Well, I want you to know God thinks you're fantastic, and I'd like to pray for you. it okay if we, um, do you want me to get them out the front and then send them to a bus, go to a mountain, eat cabbage, <laughs> or should we just get people, maybe put their hand up? And can we get everyone else to close their eyes? Just to give you a bit of anonymity, and uh, the only reason I'll, I'll see is the only reason I will look is so that I can acknowledge you, because there's a pretty cool feeling when, when you think, I've been seen. I've been acknowledged. I know that if you've ever prayed a prayer, you just wanna know you were heard. And uh, so I'll do that. But listen, I've met people, they've got a car park Jesus. I've never seen their faith stronger than when they're at Target, praying for a car park. (laughs) Do You know, I I read a study recently, the number one reason why people cancel their gym membership in America. The number one reason they have to park too far away. I don't want to have to jog to the front door before I jog, (laughs) but I do. I've met—I don't know if you've ever been in the car with a car park Jesus uh, disciple, and oh man, they pray in pray in tongues, which is sort of another one of those funny things we do. It's real, it's powerful, but it's funny if you're not in on it. And oh, oh wow, wow, what's happening? What's happening? I need a car park. I said that's amazing they need the mother Mary and three angels to pull up to talk to someone at a bus stop but they get real spiritual on their own when they need a car park (laughs) well I hope to I hope to help you see this morning he's a heck of a lot more than a car park God you know um, what about the I hope the Broncos can make the top eight God (laughs) I was praying I was praying to that God last night Thank you, Jesus. Anytime any team beats Canberra, any win over Canberra is a good team. I don't mean Canberra, the football team, I mean Canberra. <laughs> Peter Harvey, Canberra. Uh, who watched the Broncos match last night? Oh, good. I like that. What's wrong with you people? What were you doing if you weren't watching the Broncos? Was there anything else on? Wow. Hey, 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 hey. if you get me, my girlfriend, back, I'll serve you. (laughs) (laughs) I was a youth pastor. I would have a hundred guys come and pray to that Jesus. So let's have a look and see. Um, Before I I, I show you some verses of Scripture, and I've got a whole lot to show you, I want to introduce a new subject to you, um, and it's called, you've never heard of it before because I made it up. but it's called, uh, check next week on Wikipedia, it'll be there by then, but it's called the lullaby syndrome. Has anyone heard of it? <laughs> it is, it's a, it's a syndrome or a condition whereby you can hear something so often that you give no thought to its meaning. It's called the lullaby syndrome. Uh, uh, here's where it gets its origin rock a baby on the treetop When the wind blows the cradle will rock We've all sung it uh, to our children. What's the baby doing in the treetop? <laughs> Have you ever even considered why the baby? is in the flipping treetop. It gets worse, when the bar <laughs> We're heading straight for a social security court right now, folk. <laughs> if that's the first time you've even remotely thought of the lyrics of that song, you are a victim of the lullaby syndrome. But you can get it reading the Bible as well particularly if you've grown up in church, as I have, because you just read verses, you have them read to you. You see, these babies, you wonder why the kid won't go to sleep while you're singing this song to them. You might as well show an eight-year-old, you know, like a nightmare on Elm Street. This is like the kids in the the crib going, (laughs) even it's wondering why it's, what are you going to put me in the tree for on a windy night? That sounds stupid to me. But because it gets sung to every single night, it then forgets the meaning of it until it gets married and has a child of on its own, and that kid won't go to sleep. So that baby that was frightened now is singing, rockaboy, and we keep passing it down to generation to generation. It's called the lullaby syndrome. You can get it reading the Bible. So I want to address something this morning in the few minutes we have that will come to our point and hopefully introduce to you the Jesus of the Scriptures, the Jesus I met as a 14-year-old on August the 31st, 19, none of your business. I wonder if you've ever thought of these verses. Here we go. Now, before I put them up, and uh, whoever's putting them up, we'll sort of do them in pretty quick succession. We're just going to read a few verses, one after the other. And uh, when we start putting them up and reading them, I I just, as a a sort of a, this is the saviour of the world. This is the Jesus that told you and I in Matthew and Mark to go into all the world and tell everybody about me. All right, here we go. Matthew 16, 20. Then he sternly warned the disciples, don't tell anyone that I'm the Messiah. Mark 144, don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest, let him examine you, take along the offering required. And um, that will be cool. Mark chapter seven, verse thirty-six. Jesus told the crowd, "Don't tell anyone that I have done this." Mark eight twenty-six. Jesus sent the blind man away, saying, "Don't go back into the village. Go a different way home. Don't tell anyone." Luke eight fifty-six. Her parents were overwhelmed with what Jesus had done, but Jesus insisted they don't tell anyone. And I don't know if you've ever, maybe you've read, I'm sure if you've been in church a good while, you've read those verses. But I wonder if you have ever stopped to say, What the flippity jibbit? Or you just read it. I want to have a look at that today. Because that to me seems utterly strange to somebody running the domination of the universe my language, somebody wanting to envelop the world with their gospel of love and compassion, that seems strange to me. It's like running for office, but not handing out a how-to-vote card. And so I've got some scenarios that we might put in place. If this argument is the crying baby, let's try and placate it. Has anyone here ever driven down the highway like at 2 a.m. in the morning with a crying baby in the car singing Rockabye Baby? (laughs) Because we will, who's old enough to remember that wonderful thing called Falurgan? Do you remember that? Basically, Jack Daniels for kids. It's just fantastic stuff. If the the baby wouldn't go to sleep after they drank it, I drank it myself. And uh, I took three bottles, but I was just <laughs> away with the fairies, brilliant stuff. Now it's illegal now, because it's a highly toxic poison, but uh, we used to give it to our children <laughs> and while we drove them down the highway, singing scary songs. And I put that to you because what I'm about to say, you might think, oh, that's silly. Not as silly as driving down the highway at two o'clock in the morning, having gotten your kid drunk, singing them scary songs. So humor me. Sometimes you've got to eliminate the silly to get to the important. But maybe there's a point to the silly. Why would Jesus tell people after doing something so persuasive, for anyone that would hear about it, why would he insist that they keep it to themselves? Number one, he was shy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even need it. Oh, don't tell anybody. I just touched him. I didn't mean it. I didn't even know I had that no power. <laughs> you ever said that to a kid? You don't know how strong you are. Well that <laughs> I don't know. I just touched people, they fall down. I <laughs> think oh, so embarrassing. Come on, put your hand up if you think that's ridiculous. <laughs> do you? I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> but again, all right, look, John 18, verse 4, let's have a look at Shy Boy. Because I'm with you. I don't agree with this. John 18 4. Here's the setup. You, I'll read it in a minute. Can I who's on the uh, putting the words up? Can I ask you to do me one favor? As soon as I start reading it, put it off because that, now they've read it. Oh, I feel ripped. <laughs> I love surprises. But right, here's, here's the setup though. Not your fault because we didn't talk beforehand. Uh, Jesus is praying in the garden, he's about to be arrested uh, and hung on the cross. He's taken three friends with him to pray because. He wants some support, but he's prayed and some steel has come into his his spirit. Now, Jesus from Nazareth prayed, not Jesus from heaven. That's theologically correct. That's all right. But he's prayed and Holy Spirit has come into him. So then as he's leaving the garden, the temple police are coming toward the group, him and the 12 disciples. They don't know who Jesus is, the temple police, so they just grab everybody. And if you know about there's a tussle, someone gets an ear cut off, you know, these are the Christian lads. I love the Christians. Uh, Can I digress for a sec? I have a girl in my church, a single mum in my church. I cannot even tell you what her ex-husband said when she was chosen for leadership in our church. He said, if they found out you're a two really foul and vulgar words. Have they found out you're a, yet? And she showed me the text. My heart broke because you know, she's just a, she's just a young mum with a couple of kids trying to have a crack at life. I said to her, you want me to visit him? <laughs> now just to give you some context, I've got seven sisters, so I can fight. i got four brothers too, they'd have come with me. She looked at me with a big tear rolled down her face and I said to her, I'll change her name to Jill. And she looked at me with, with a little bit of, like a, she looked at me like a, a little bit of a you? But I, I looked at her and said, Jill, I'm kidding. But only about this much. <laughs> I like the Christian brothers that stand up for their sisters and their friends. And... Um, We haven't got time to teach the theology of grace, but that's not a soft, fluffy, white cloud. There's sometimes grace has got to give a stiff arm. In the name of the Lord. (laughs) All (laughs) right, oh, look out, a guy's coming to give me one now. (laughs) I call him sir, because he's big. All right. Is there another door, he's going to come back? (laughs) You watch that door, that'd be cool. He's in there thinking, is there a window I can climb out? <laughs> all right. So Jesus sees the people coming. All the temple police have got everyone else, you know, in headlocks and, you know, heimlicks and all the rest of it. And it's, here's shy boy for you. It says Jesus, you can put it up now, it says Jesus fully realised all that was going to happen to him. So he stepped forward. Now you haven't got the rest of the text, but you can find it in John 18. He says, hey yo. Who are you looking for? And they said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. He said, you, you. What do you think he said? Thou hast found him. (laughs) That's 16th century English, not modern Greek vernacular. So modern Greek vernacular would have been like the vernacular of our day, would have meant something to us. He says, hey, that's me, not them. That's shy boy for you. Another time, Pilate, the person that made the, um, had the jurisdiction to say guilty and put him on the cross, he didn't want to do it. He thought Jesus was actually someone with integrity. He'd only spent a small amount of time with him, but something in Jesus struck him that whatever they're saying cannot be true. So he has it in his heart to set him free. He needs just a small snippet of legal cooperation from Christ and he can send him home. Jesus will not cooperate because he's not talking, but he's not shy. This is what Pilate says. And um, Pilate, John nineteen eleven. why don't you talk to me? Pilate says with an angry crowd, baying for blood, Pilate demanded, don't you realise I have the power to release you or crucify you? Mm. I haven't given you the rest of the text, but you can read it. In John 19, verse 11 and 12, Jesus looks at Pilate and said, "Um, forgive me. He said, it's all right, mate. It's not you, it's them. You have no power except the power my father gives you, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Can we all agree? Whatever reason he told them not to tell anyone, it was not because he was shy. The reason I share and have taken the time to share that with you is so that you, the next time you are on your knees in the middle of a challenge up to your neck in the stuff we don't like to talk about, that you don't think he's out of town, you don't think his arm is short, you don't think he wants to help, shy boy, he is not. He will step forward for you. He will say, I am Jesus Christ. I am the son of the living God. You're messing with one of my daughters? Mm, take that. You make your appeal to God and you do it with confidence. You do it knowing that he died on a cross. And when he said, it is finished, he did not say, I am finished. I like that. All right, well, if it wasn't cause he was shy, I got two other things and we've got nine minutes. If you're not normally in church, there's a clock there and a trapdoor here. <laughs> so I better hurry. The second reason, now maybe, maybe your mind's already going now, and you've come up with a few reasons. That's good, that's, that's good teaching. If you're a school teacher here, you know that instructive learning's okay, but deductive learning's pretty good. So what you've thought of is probably more powerful than what I'll tell you. But here's the second thing I'm thinking of. Reverse psychology. Come on, who's thought of that? I've thought of that. And here's the reason I've thought of that it works. Am I right? It, who's ever got pulled up by a policeman and uh, you got a ticket? Yeah, I'll tell you what to do. Are there any policemen here? Yeah, good. Let's talk about them then. <laughs> I've got a brother's a detective. Ah, loser. And uh, <laughs> good man. In fact, he's helping all of them. He works for the Child Protection Agency. He's a 30-year detective, veteran, senior sergeant. He's uh, Queensland. He's working for our families. I like him. But this is what you say next time you're pulled up by a policeman. What, ha, see, see what you think. Don't think, I, I read this, don't think I have experience. He said, officer, I know you have to book me. I know you have. So you are, you are helping him know that he has no authority except to book you, which is, I don't have to. See so you're sowing the thought that he is a servant and he cannot but only do this. And, of course, in him, he thinks, no way. I'm my own man. I let my own father-in-law off last week. I could let you off at .26 alcohol limit. That was speaking for the pastor (laughs) that's called reverse psychology and it works believe me look what it says Mark chapter 7 he heals a deaf guy Jesus told the crowd not to tell anyone look what it says here but the more he told them not to the more they spread the news I thought Jesus you're better than Dr. Phil I do this to my grand, i got two granddaughters and a grandson and two more by Christmas. And uh, when I arrive at my granddaughter's house, the grandson's okay, he just, eat. I- I'm, I'm pop, I'm his hero. And uh, I buy him stuff. <laughs> but uh, the granddaughters, they're a different story. Cause you know, you have a five o'clock shadow and, and um, it took me 40 years to get a five o'clock shadow. And some of you guys wake up in the morning and by night you've got a beard, <laughs> no, not me. But um, anyway, they, they've run into the five o'clock shadow. So I, I come in, hey, Pop's here. Pop's here, needs a kiss. And they're just running. Well, I don't do that anymore. I get out of the car. Hey, Pop's here, but hey, he's not having kisses today. You need to know that. <laughs> so they, they're running away, but then they turn like the beagle. <laughs> you know? And I think, I'm on it, I'm on it. And I say, stop, stop. You stop there. Pop doesn't do kisses on Thursdays. <laughs> and of course, then they start chasing Pop. So Pop runs a little slower than he actually can. And he can't run real fast anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, like I'm running now. I mean, really. <laughs> but I start to run away. I'm slow enough for them to catch me, pretending to pant. And puff. Pa, they get me and they tackle me, and I go down like Fred Flintstone does when Dino's after him. You've got to be old, elder 50-year-olds are laughing. <laughs> and so Fred goes down on the floor in the lounge room with the granddaughter, <laughs> and I go, no, no, Pop doesn't like kissing. It's a wonderful deception. <laughs> and if you, if you don't believe that, you're not a grandparent yet. But here's the, pro- here's the problem with it. I am taking full advantage, aren't I, of their naivety. And I'm not praying P-R-A-Y. I am praying <laughs> P-R-E-Y on their naivety. I've read the Bible a few times. Look at me, I'm not 19 and I'm not knocking 19, but certainly I'm not 19. I've read this thing a lot. I'm just trying to find a hidden agenda and reverse psychology has hidden agenda and I just can't find hidden agenda and I've looked, I've looked, I've looked and so I'm just thinking maybe, maybe that's not the reason and so my search goes on, can I tell you please, God does not want you to give him his heart for any other reason that will make your life better, he has nothing to gain, he owns, he owns it all. The kingdoms of the world and of our God, they are his. Haggai, all the gold is mine. All the silver is mine. He's got nothing to gain from some boilermaker turning his life around and deciding I'll be a Christian God if you get my girlfriend back. Oh, we, we better do that. Oh, ooh, quick. <laughs> he has only trouble inviting me onto his bus. <laughs> you get it? So, there's no hidden agenda with God. He only wants to help your marriage. And He wants to restore the love with your strange child. He only wants to bring out your potential and help you to be the best you could ever hope to be. And better than that, in fact. So, my search goes on, and I'm going to stop with just one thing, and I've got lots of things because I, I got excited when I started to look. But can I just ask, could it be that he was motivated by your need and not by a need for his own notoriety? Like, could it be that he was pursuing sincerity for you and not sensation for him? Now, hang on, you haven't read this, so I'm gonna, if you, if you, I'm gonna assume someone will go home and read some of these verses. And then you'll want to find me because he does do a couple of sensational things. Like in Mark 7, there's a deaf guy. And uh, Jesus is deaf, are you? The guy says, I oh, said, what? He says, <laughs> and uh, he says, the guy says, says, We can fix that. He says, uh <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he sticks both wet fingers in the guy's ears. Who, who would suggest that's slightly sensational? You don't? Come out here, I want to pray for you. <laughs> no, I've got bronchitis, so it's going to be a good prayer. Let me, let me suggest this. The deaf guy had it easy. He saw it coming. In Mark 8, there's a blind guy. Now you want to feel for him, because he did not see it coming. He steps up and says, I heard you fixed a deaf guy. Jesus says, what did you hear? (laughs) He said, just that you fixed him. I said, good. (laughs) He says, well, can you fix me? He said, no problem, mate, step up. Guy steps up, he hears the familiar. He says, wow, maybe I should pray for you. You look like you got the flu, you had your shot. Jesus said, no, no, I'm I'm just getting your miracle next thing next thing he boom spits right in the eyeball big oyster right in the eyeball the guy goes gee was that a goose we'll have to land on the hudson river look i'm only just trying to help you that was sensational am i right give me give me four minutes i'll be done but you miss it if you get caught on the sensation because if you read Mark seven and Mark eight, I challenge you to do it. On both occasions, before he did that, so I'm gonna borrow you again. He said to the man, come with me, man. Let's get away from this crowd. That's what he did. It says he led him away from the crowd. You can sit down, sir, I'm not trying to make a. You hear me? He said, well, what? look, I don't, know, I don't know why he did that, but I do know that there's a trigger in all of us for faith. I don't know what yours is in fact yours is probably weird to me but I feel realize we're all weird to someone story Pensacola you remember the Pensacola thing I won't go into it but there was a real move of God there some years ago I can't even explain everything about it but there just seemed to be a whole church praying and God just started to move in a particular city in Florida someone was driving home from the meeting and they felt God tell them to pull into a gas station as the Americans call them so they did, because they'd been praying. Um, here's another lullaby syndrome thing. Send me, I will go. You're not going. <laughs> but this guy meant it. So God said, pull into this gas station. He said, oh, I'm about to be used by God. And then God said, go into the shop. And Yes, Lord. And then, it gets weird here, God said, do a handstand near the Coke machine send them, they will come, you get it, oh God, God said, you just said you'd do anything, they said, oh man, so finally, I'll save you the debate they had, but their reckoning was, what's it going to cost me, nothing, I don't even know the person, just do it and go home, they walked in, acknowledged the console operator, went to the coke machine, did a handstand, the guy at the console burst into tears. The guy gets down and says, I didn't mean to offend you. And the guy says, you've got to understand. Not five minutes ago, I prayed a prayer. I got a revolver in here to help me ward off robbers, but I was going to use it on myself. My life is just such a stuff up, my language, but his, his story. I just finished praying, God, I don't even know if you're real. But if you're real, you send someone in here to do a handstand near their Coke machine. (laughs) See, it's weird to everyone else, but the guy behind the counter, that was his trigger for faith. And I'm pretty sure that the guy at the console probably said, uh, or maybe the guy who did the handstand, listen mate, don't tell anyone I did that, hey? I'm an accountant. (laughs) but the console operator told everybody, and now I'm telling you. So yes, it was weird that he stuck his fingers in a deaf man's ears and did the rest of it, but you'd need to note he took him away from the crowd, he did the miracle, he triggered his faith, and then he said, go home a different way. Don't tell anyone, just rejoice in your miracle. Friend, he's not shy, he got no hidden agenda. I'm, I'm, I'm being prophetic, that's a Christian word. There are people here, but God, if I give that up, if I give that up, you think God's trying to take your, your fun away. Get lost. He surfs on stars, mate. What does he need from you? He just needs to know you're happy. And You think, it's like a kid looking at a, a, a red monster ball, thinking, that's brilliant. Well, you know it'll rot their teeth. So you try to move it away and put some broccoli there for a time. <laughs> so you think, God, what could be better than this? And you think he's trying to hassle you. No, he's got no agenda except to do you good because he's sincere. He loves you. And we should pray we're out of time. Bow your head. Heavenly Father, there's a heck of a lot more to the Jesus than I've shared this morning. In fact... There's a lot more to this Jesus than the Bible records, and John tells us that. John says if everything Jesus did was written in books, we'd have to build some really big libraries. But I pray that there's been enough said this morning from my mouth, used by your spirit, just to touch, just to get the ball rolling, just to help people know that you want to be good to them, that you want them to have the best life, that they could ever imagine. Not without challenge, that's, that's, that's not what makes a great life. Conquering challenges makes for a good life and you'll give us the power to do it. Friend, if you're not connected to God, in this last minute I have, if you're not connected to God, you never have been. Or you have, but you've slipped away and you're wondering how God sits with that. Or you say, look, I don't know, I don't know. I'd love to pray for you. You sit there, I'll stay here. I'll do nothing else but ask you in just 30 seconds to raise your hand. If I see your hand, I'll say, I see it, put it down. As undramatic as that, I just want you to know you're acknowledged, and then I'll pray and hand back to pastor. So right now across this building, if you say, I need to be connected to God, I've never done that. Or I've done that, but I've slipped away, but I'd love to come back. I'd love to be close. Or you say, I don't know, but I want God to... Continue pursuing me as I pursue him. Would you look at me and just raise your hand if that's you and I'll pray for you right where you sit? You st- God bless you. You put your hand down. Someone else. Keep it up till I see it. I'd love to pray for you. Someone else. Look at me. Raise your hand. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Someone else. Look at me. Raise your hand. Let me see it and I'll, I'll say, put it down and then I'll pray. Someone else. Say, I've, I've, I've never been connected to God. Or well, I have, but I've slipped away. Oh, God bless you, mate. I'm going to pray for you. you. Put it down. That's it. Look at me when you raise your hand. Just so we, yeah. See that? We're smiling as soon as we see each other. God wants you to live with that feeling. Yeah. Someone else. God bless you, sir. God bless you. There'll be things that happen in life where there'll be no smile on the outside, and yet it'll be like an oxymoron, a contradiction, because you'll still have the smile on the inside, because you'll be confident God knows. Someone else, look at me. I need to pray. I want to just ask once more, perhaps twice. Come on, raise your hand. Let me see it. I'd love to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I'm praying for this gentleman here. I'm praying for this dear lady here. I'm praying for this dear lady here and this gentleman up here. I pray for each of these, Lord God, that have raised a hand today. I pray, Lord God, that you would overwhelm them with your love and forgiveness overwhelm them with a sense of acceptance in Jesus' name. And now, Lord, I take a moment to pray for the rest of us. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says that we are ambassadors for Christ. We are here representing there. I pray that we might be true and authentic, all different yet all authentic in representing a real Jesus the Bible, Jesus, a God of compassion, of sincerity to the world that we live in. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. Amen. Pastor James, thank you very much.
0: Brilliant. You know, if those people who just responded and Pastor Steve prayed for you this morning, if you could just tell someone or tell someone maybe that is here this morning, just what you did, that'd be great. We just would simply love to just connect with you, uh, support you in some way, whatever possibly we can do. If you want to tell Pastor Malcolm, myself, or one of the other team, uh, we'd love that. That'd be great this morning. How about we just stand one more time as we finish uh, this morning service. Don't forget tonight, church. Don't forget to stay back and have something to eat and connect with someone. If you're a regular, connect with someone you've never seen before. That'd be brilliant. Uh, Father, we thank you for today. We just thank you for one another. It's just good to be together. Uh, it's just a great time of celebration, a great time to, to share, a great time just to spend time with you and need each other. And so, Father, we commit ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a great day, folks. Thank you.